Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, good afternoon and welcome everyone to today's edition of Calvary Live. So glad that you've chosen to join us. My name is Ed Taylor. I am here today taking your calls and your questions open to the work of the Holy Spirit and what does he want to accomplish? How does he want to accomplish? 303-690-3000 is the number. 303-690-3000. Lines are wide open and this is the time to call. This is the best time to call really in the beginning of the show as we uh, we take your calls and questions but you know as time uh, flying uh, as time goes by the show fills up um, I'm trying to do two things at once did you know I, I have a um, I have a theory that you cannot um, you cannot multitask and so I was going to um, type something but I didn't and I was trying to type while I was talking so forgive me 303-690-3000 is the number 303-690-3000 taking your calls and your questions open to the work of the Holy Spirit uh, we really are uh, we want you to uh, we want you to be open to the work of the Holy Spirit it's on my fresh on my mind because um, I was just doing some recordings for Abounding Grace, and and in the recording we were talking about the exercising of our gifts, and and you know um, the the important thing about exercising our gifts is stepping out in faith. It's you know obviously it's it's knowing them, but then sta- stepping out in faith and and exercising them once you know them. Uh, and and so we want you to not only know them, uh, but we want you to step out in faith and uh, exercise them. So great series that's going to be coming up on Abounding Grace. I know uh, I was uh, listening or, or heard some today on uh, on uh, on the radio that we are we're just finishing up the series on backsliding and. Um, and so the series on backsliding was really really good. If you haven't if you haven't listened to it on Abounding Grace, you can pick up those uh, archives on oneplace.com, o n e place.com or you can listen to the series in their entirety on our app. If you go to your app store and you just put in the words Calvary and then Aurora, just Calvary Aurora, our apps come up and the backsliding series I think is prominent cuz it's it's recent. 303-690-3000. I think it's Kika from Denver, Colorado. Kika, welcome to the program. Thank you very much. I'm going to be as brief as I can be. But oh, okay, the great. Thing is, I heard you talking 
over the week about marijuana smokers, about how somebody kept coming back, bouncing back. They kept bouncing back from their drug addictions, but they would always smoke pot. And I have to tell you, okay. I'm guilty of that. You know, I okay. love the Lord. I've walked with the Lord for many, many years. but And I've gone through periods, decades, without smoking pot. But I have found that whenever I feel, um, you know, like some people take medicine to keep their, their mind calm yes. or to stay focused, I don't want to take any pharmaceutical medicine. And so I, t- I do this. And I have to admit, there have been times when I felt like, well, maybe this is inappropriate. Yeah. But other times I feel like, you know, I, I almost feel elevated in my spiritual life with the Lord. And so I am torn. And I, I can hear that. Hear more you from know, you about that. I can hear that in your voice. I mean, because I, I, I would say, you know, a, a few thoughts, because, you know, I'm not in your in your shoes. And, and so I can only speak to you, you know, from the Bible and from my past. And and I hear you. I really like what you said uh, when you said that I don't want to take any pharmaceuticals, and and that's a great commitment to keep because really what you're saying is I don't want my mind altered. I hope that's what you're saying. I think that's what you're saying. Um, it's I more, don't want my yeah. It's it is all it is mind and body because I typically my body is very susceptible to medication. I always take half yes. of whatever they give me because my body responds, so I'm careful. And I, I think that, the you know, when the Bible says, don't be drunk with wine and which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit, you, you have a challenge when it comes to smoking marijuana in your what, the way you're describing it. And, and I want you to consider this and maybe pray about it and then call me back because okay. you, I want you to think hard about this. And this is what I hear you saying. I hear you saying that smoking marijuana has become an idol to you. It's begins something that you've been depending upon for the feelings that you get from it. And you have come so far where you've made, you, you know, you've wrestled with it. You felt like it's, it's a burden. It's a bonded, like you feel you have felt, you may not feel like that now, but you have gone through seasons of feeling like, you know, it's a bondage to you. It's a burden to you and you don't want to do it at times. And, 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 you know, it is, it is something that it is giving you feelings of euphoria. It is um, heightening your senses, which make you feel like you're closer to God. Or if it is because it's you become under the influence of the drug of the substance. And and I would just ask you to pray about it and say, hmm, when I'm struggling, when I'm wrestling, when I am nervous, when I'm worried, what do I turn to to give me the peace? that God promises. And it doesn't have to be just marijuana, you know, for you, that's what we're talking about. But people listening in, it could be Oxycontin, it could be Tylenol. I mean, um, my mom's uh, not with us today. Uh, she's in heaven. But if I think she would give me permission, you know, she she really struggled with diet pills. Oh. Uh, and those F those 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 diet pills that they ended up outlawing. Um, yeah. And and it gave her a peace, you know, and we talked to her about it. It gave her a peace even to the point where it was harming her body. And they, the, those things aren't good for you. Um, they, they just don't do well in your body. They have so many bad side effects. And, and idolatry, idolatry, you know, we kind of think of idolatry as little statues that we bow down to like Buddhas or something. But, but really, yeah. biblically, idolatry is not limited to statues and, 
and weird worship, idolatry really is gaining that peace and satisfaction from something or someone other than God. Okay. And and you know, marijuana is, is a dangerous drug. I mean, we just like any other sin, you know, people think they have a handle on it. Uh, they think, well, you know, I just have a beer now and then, I just have a whiskey now and then, and they don't they don't pay attention to the consequences of that and how it changes their behavior or, you know, they're not even noticing, oh, it's two now, it's three now. Um, well, you know, I, I had six once, but it's not that big. I mean, they don't even pay attention because they get co- so caught up in, and, and it would happen to any of us if we chose down that path. We just have to understand when we take the first step, that's the direction we're headed. So if we take the first step toward pot, then that's the direction we're heading. And if I take a drink, you know, I, I make my habit of, well, I had a bad day, so I'm going to drink a beer every day. So be it. You know, I don't think the Bible doesn't say drinking beer is a sin. But the reality is, if you take a step that way, that's the way you're going to go. And and it sounds like marijuana has some 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 benefits that you want and that you are going after, but you also recognize it's not good for you. And it's coming in between, even though you feel these euphoric um, senses of closeness to God, you're actually, you, you really don't need anything to be closer to God. He He is everything to you, with or without any substances. And I agree. I do agree and uh, that God is with me regardless. Um, and, you know, the other reason I use it is because my I do feel my body tensing up and I it relaxes my muscles. It does something to get rid of the pain in my body. So it's not just a mind thing. I mean, I would, if I could take the the part of it that doesn't affect the mind, and I would be happy with that as well. But uh, I guess I wasn't raised to do this. You know, you're not raised sure. because you're not raised to drink. You're not raised to do these things. And I think more than anything, I that's. That's kind of the stigma that's got me is, you know, I wasn't part of what I was reared to do. Um, well, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't so much, I wouldn't, so I'm going to offer you an, a, a couple of different things to think through because I wouldn't offer it so much as a stigma, but rather, um, is this the best thing for me to do? As God said, go ahead and be drunk with marijuana. Go ahead. And I know God isn't going to tell you that. He's already said in his word, he doesn't want us under the influence of substances. He's already told us that. And and so I know he's not going to say that, but you really have to, you really have to, to absorb that. And, and here's the thing, in our state, you know, this, this radio station, uh, or this radio program is in a, like six or seven states. So just if you guys are listening in from afar, um, the radio station, uh, Calvary Live originates in Colorado. And so Colorado has marijuana been has had marijuana legal now for a year or two. I don't know how long, and and that has made this discussion come to the top because now no longer can a pastor just say, "Well, it's against the law, so stop doing it." Uh, now we have to really and and I've never just stopped there before, but now we get to really take a a situation and and compare it to the Bible, and really develop the heart of the matter from God's perspective as he revealed it in his scriptures. So, so let, let me, me ask you this. Let me interrupt you just for a second. You know, okay. I, I know that when Abraham, that Abraham drank, <laughs> and I know his daughters took advantage of him because he drank too much on, on that several occasions. That was, 
That was that, that was Noah. That was oh, Noah. Oh, thank you. Okay, so uh-huh. it was Noah. Okay, and then I, there was, you know, people have wine at weddings. You know, hmm. people drink. Um, and I hear that as long as you don't overdo it, and I would think you don't overdo it with anything. Not but, just consumption. But this is, but, you're, you're, you're asking the wrong questions. So, so instead of saying, I've heard people say don't overdo it, you have to replace that question, that, that statement with, what does the Bible say? Well, and the Bible what says does don't the overdo Bible it, say? right? No, the Bible doesn't say not overdo it. The Bible well, says... Don't get drunk. The, the, well, don't get drunk. So, so I guess it, when you apply to a glass of wine, most likely you can have a glass of wine without being impaired, although that's not true. And Any alcohol people. will immediately impair your mind. It's just to the degree. Um, so number one. Number two... Uh, number two is this, do you take uh, marijuana? And by the way, it wasn't Noah, it was Lot. I'm, I apologize. Noah, Noah got drunk out of the ark, but it was Lot whose daughters took advantage of him. Um, just to clarify that for you Bible students. Thank you. Um, but let me ask you, so let's just think about this for a second. Do if, if like alcohol, you can just have one drink. Are you saying to me that when you smoke a joint, you take one hit and you put it down? Actually, it's more like two. Sometimes it's only one, one and a half. Enough two. to get you, enough to ha- give you the effect, right? Right. But I don't so get like it, a drunk. Then if you don't get what you ask for, then why do you do it? Oh, what if I'm it doesn't, for If it doesn't change your body, if it doesn't change your body in some way and your mind, your brain, then why do you do it? Well, that is why I'm doing it. Because my, exactly. my body is aching you know, or my mind is aching, and then it gives me peace. I mean, I'm able to function. I'm able to do things. But, I mean, sometimes if I don't smoke, I can't do anything. I'm, I'm, I'm that paralyzed. Well, all I can say is this. I'm sorry that, you, that your body is, is really in bad shape uh, because a lot of people listening in have very similar things. But we don't, we don't judge something by the exception and most people don't have bodies that are as messed up as yours and as you listen to yourself you'll see that marijuana has become something that's come between you and the peace of god and and it is what you run to when you're hurting it is what you run to when your mind is racing uh, and it is it is something that's come between you and god and biblically it is impossible to validate getting high by smoking pot or anything else, Oxycontin, whatever it might be, be under the influence. It's impossible to validate that from the Bible. And I would say anyone listening that's saying, well, I take Oxycontin, you know, you take it at the, you take it at the level that takes away the pain, not to the level where it, you become addicted. You know, you got to be really careful with that. But you've, you've convinced yourself and, and listen, I don't judge you for that. I'm just laying before you what the Bible says. But you've convinced yourself that you cannot live without smoking pot. And I can't, I, I'm, it's, I'm unable to unconvince you. But I do know that you're troubled about it. And you're troubled about it because the Spirit of God within you is telling you and revealing to you, or what the Bible word is, convicting you of this sinful behavior. All right. Well, thank you very much for everything. 
I listen to your program regularly, and we'll plan to continue to do that. Good. Well, let, and let's pray because think about this: um, if what you're doing is really good, then take a take a joint, go down to Chili's, and smoke the joint in their restaurant. You wouldn't do that, right? No, no. You wouldn't smoke. Would you smoke a joint with your kids in the car? No. I would don't you, smoke a whole joint. Well, I just, I don't do well, that. Well, whatever you, it, if you light it up, because it doesn't, you know, if you, would you it, smoke any part of a joint with your kids I, in the car got, and the windows rolled up? I, I got your point. No, the answer is yeah. no. And you can, you can see that down the road, there have, there are limitations in your mind that you would not cross. And all I'm asking you is to consider moving that line of limitation to the point where you don't do it anymore. All right. Okay. So Thank let me you. pray for you. Can I pray for you? Or with oh, you? yes, please, please. Lord, I pray for my friend Kika as she processes this part of her life, God, and I know many people are listening in and um, that, that probably have similar views or are in similar places with stress and difficulty and body issues and uh, you know pain, all, all of that. And uh, marijuana has become a convenient uh, way to um, take away the pain. And, and so, God, I pray that you would minister to their pain. I pray for healing. I pray, God, that for your strength in a person's life, and as they process these things, um, that you would speak to them. And they would, not only, not only would, you, um, would you minister to them, but you'd give them the power to follow through. In Jesus' name, amen. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you very much. Hey, I, got, I got a scripture. I got a scripture. Check this out. Um, okay. It just came to me while we were praying. Um, uh, let me see. This this is really good, man. This okay. Let me get it. Let me get it. It is. Uh, it's in Philippians chapter two. Listen in verse twelve, twelve and thirteen. Okay. He says, "Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your salvation with fear and trembling." So check this out. This is the key. Verse thirteen. Because it's God who works in you both to will and to do for his good pleasure. And, and I was just thinking, like, it's God that's in you that not only can change your desires, but will also give you the power to follow through. Amen. Thank you. This is, that's a cool verse. <laughs> so <laughs> pray about it for a couple of weeks and call me back and let's see what, what's developed in your thinking. But God willing, I'll do that. Okay, Thank thanks. Bye-bye. 303-690-3000. Brenda on line two. Welcome to the program. Hi there. Hey, Brenda, what's up? Well, um, actually, I am um, not... I'm on the road now. I'm heading towards my daughter. She is um, struggling in this. Um, I was listening to the radio as I was driving there, and I I heard your request come, and, you know, we do prayer requests, and I thought, oh, I need to call in. She's struggling with um, her marriage. They've been married um, not terribly long. They're a younger couple. Um, And so they're kind of in a situation where uh, they've been doing Christian counseling, and um, but her husband is not on the same level as she is as far as with their faith. Um, He is more of the opinion that, you know, you go to church on Sunday, that's good enough, and I don't want to put, you know, put myself... We have other members of our family who are very active in their faith and in their churches, and he thinks they're a little crazy, and it's a point in their marriage where they're differing so much, and Mm -hmm. um, 
they're they're going to counseling, talking. And they haven't really been talking divorce, but she's been faced with my prayer request is she's been um, faced now with having a lot of panic attacks and her health is suffering because of her marriage. She's very controlling. Um, okay. And I, I just ask that you would pray for her. Um, she's at a point now mentally and physically where it's affecting her. Um, she's not able to perform her job, um, you know, or anything. And she's, it's just a bad situation. And I'm very, this is new territory for me. I'm very unfamiliar with all of this. You know, my husband and I have been married a long time and, um, you know, I'm trying to understand and help her, you know, but I, I just, I need more help. I think prayer is the strongest thing we can do. And my whole family is praying for her, but I just heard your thing on the radio and I thought, you know, if you are offering to pray um, for people, I would offer up my daughter and her husband and their marriage, um, that they would be able to resolve this, that you would soften his heart and help him to humble himself before the Lord and to heal her of her afflictions and so that they can get back on track to a happy, healthy life again. Okay. Do you want to pray or you want me to pray? Um, why don't you go ahead? Okay. God, we lift this marriage up to you and the, the challenges that they're facing and uh, this separation that's coming now uh, as crisis comes and difficulty comes, God, and, and, and we, know, we, we know with all of our heart that the only true solution is to submit our lives to you. And so I pray for this man as he doesn't have that conviction in his life right now. He doesn't have even a desire and perhaps not even any kind of relationship with you that through the crisis in his marriage, he would <clears throat> submit himself to you for salvation and that he would submit himself, um, that he would get saved through this crisis and difficult um, and this difficult issue and he would be kind to his wife he would be kind to his in-laws and that that god you would protect everyone involved both physically mentally and spiritually and we look forward to a return call uh, that would be a great testimony of your faithfulness in jesus name amen amen and i appreciate you so much and blessings to you and your your radio show i thank you so much you're welcome thanks for calling Okay, bye-bye. 303-690-3000 is the number. I see that our first call with marijuana has um, is, has uh, stirred up all kinds of responses, but we're not going to have a marijuana show today, so just want to let you know um, we're not going to go that way. I will take this question, but anything else on it um, I'm not going to take, uh, where it says, you know, every seed-bearing plant for men and when I smoke pot, uh, I'm so filled with faith. My mind focuses solely on God. Um, I don't believe that's the case. Uh, you are sinning against God by being under the influence of, of, in some states, an illegal drug. But smoking pot is the same as getting drunk with wine. The Bible says not to do it. So no matter what you think the benefits are, it's not from the Lord. And, and to try to justify it by every seed-bearing plan in Genesis simply isn't, you're not being consistent because you're not smoking the grass in your front lawn. You're not smoking the weeds that grow. I mean, if you want to smoke weeds, plural, you can just come to my house. These stinking weeds, my wife goes out and pulls them, pulls them, pulls them, and before she's even done, they're already growing up. You don't smoke that. Um, you, don't, you don't smoke things that don't make you high. 
Uh, so biblically, we can't make that point. Uh, you can't make that point. You don't take poison ivy and and make a a jacket out of it. You don't rub it on. I mean, you're very discerning with what seeds you use and how you use it in any of the plants. Uh, you know, the poisonous plants. You don't you don't eat poisonous mushrooms. So you know, the, before and and I know you text this in, so I I don't know the heart of the matter, but. The idea of, of being drunk with wine, being under the influence of drugs, it's the same thing. It's unbiblical, and we won't go through um, any more marijuana questions today. 303-690-3000 is the number we're going to go to uh, Matt. It looks like Matt is in Fort Collins. Matt, welcome to the program. Hey, how you doing? Good, how are you? Doing all right. Headed to work today. What, what do you do? Can you say? Uh, yeah, I work out in the oil field. Oh wow. Yeah. So, so what's uh, going on? What can I do for you? Uh, well, I recently was talking to one of my coworkers, and uh, he is a little bit down. And I was asking him kind of what's going on, and uh, I found out like uh, two days before I was talking to him, he was out camping with uh, his family. And just kind of having a little outing, and um, his he has a four-year-old daughter, and she wandered off, wandered off, and uh, had an accident, and she ended up drowning. And just kind of wanted to pray for his family, and you know, make sure you know they have somebody helping them through this this time that they're going through. Let's do that. God, I pray for those that are grieving today because of this significant, tremendous loss. It's sudden and tragic and even, uh, in some respects, un- unexpected and ill, you know, bad timing, God. Everything about it is bad. And I, I know you reveal yourself and have experienced it in my own life, that you're the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our tribulation. And in everything that we go through, it doesn't matter to the left or to the right, you are a God of comfort. So I pray for this family as they grieve and as they mourn, that they would place their full hope and trust in you, uh, even as they're raw, um, even as they're in shock, and their emotions and everything is just so whacked out and out of control, and they don't know how to think, and they don't know what to do, and they got all these people around them that have opinions, and, and, and all of that, God, would you protect them and guard them? And uh, use my buddy Matt, Lord, that, that is, cares for his friend. Um, use him to be a comfort, a source of comfort in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. Okay, my friend. God bless you. God bless. Thanks. Bye-bye. Uh, you know, um, I forgot to mention to Matt, but I write, I have written on grief at my website, edtaylor.org. Um quite a few articles on grief, um, and I believe they're very helpful. We get a lot of traction um, on, our, on, on that website, a lot of people visiting it, uh, and so it is, um, if you're grieving, um, if you've lost a child, um, um, you can go to my website um, in particular, but grief in general, and uh, read quite a few articles. I write on grief, I write on ministry, um, and so I'd encourage you to do that. Uh, I want to pray before we go to the break for the Colorado Springs 
police department officer and family. Uh, he's in grave condition after a shooting this morning down in Colorado Springs. Uh, and pray for the police officers across the U.S. So, Father, we do pray for this uh, tragic uh, sh- uh, situation, this officer and his family. Uh, would you protect, um, would you bring healing and strengthen him and bring him out of the grave condition that he's in? Um, comfort the family as they wait. And, Lord, help them and uh, police officers and those that are standing in the gap all over. In Jesus' name, amen. Lines are open, guys. Take them, 303-690-3000. We'll be right back. This is Calvary Live. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, welcome back everyone to the second half of today's program. I know right before the break we prayed for the Colorado Springs officer uh, that was shot this morning and I just, you know, I have a heart for law enforcement in particular um, and really, first responders in general. I mean, I, I worked so many years in the first responder business, and of course, my son, uh, before he passed away, was a Colorado State Trooper, a law enforcement officer himself. And so, we are a cop family, and uh, my heart goes out to you that put your lives on the line each and every day uh, in all the variety of ways um, law enforcement, medical. Uh, the community, the paramedics, doctors, nurses, dentists, people that, that really do have um, the, the challenges of being on the front lines of the sick, of the dying, and of course the criminal element, putting your, so many put your lives on the lines uh, in that first responder community. So we just appreciate you and, you know, it's a, it's a very difficult thing. I, I realize that not, um, it, I, I know that we would, we, you know, Marie and I, when we had to come to terms with our son becoming a police officer, just really had to commit him to the Lord uh, and really pray and hope that he would come home every night. And that was a regular prayer of ours, uh, that he would come home safely every night to his family or in the morning if he worked overnight, you know. And um, and so you guys that serve in the law enforcement community, uh, you guys serve as paramedics, uh, firefighters, you know, nurses on the ER and trauma centers and such. Um, uh, we commend you and appreciate you and pray for your continued safety and your continued care for the well-being of society. Because I know many of you listening to Grace FM are believers, and so you're not just doing it for the sake of humanity. You're doing it in the name of Jesus Christ, which is pretty powerful. And most people, you know, especially nurses and doctors and such in the medical field, have the gift of mercy, very merciful. Uh, that spiritual gift of mercy mentioned in Romans chapter 12. and And so... Uh, just so good to see how the gifts, and you know, you guys that are police officers, so protective. Uh, you have that protective bent on you, and and you are um, willing, like Jesus said, no greater love has anyone seen, no greater love than this, to lay down your life for a friend. And and while you don't want to lay down your life, you are willing to, and literally put your life on the line every day you go to work. So thank you, thank you. Thank you, and our hearts do go out to the officer in the Springs, and so many more. Uh, just so much going on. 
3,000 is the number. We're going to go to Deb in Westminster, Colorado. Deb, welcome to the program. Hi there. Hi, Deb. You're Hello? on the air. Hi. Yes, you're on the air. So, I'm a nurse, so thank you so much for your encouragement. You're welcome. Um, so, I'm calling because I um, was previously married for 22 years. My husband was previously married for 25 years, so we you know, both had families, raised our children um, in very different ways for different reasons, aren't married to those people anymore, met and are now married to each other. So I have stepchildren. I have twin 19-year-old stepdaughters, and they were raised very differently than I would raise my family. And it's a, it's a really big point of contention between my husband and I, and I'm not I'm always sure biblically how to approach it. The girls um, graduated high school, don't want to go to college, don't want to work. We set them up in apartments and got them kind of in a situation to be able to be successful, and all they had to do was get jobs, and they won't, or they do when it comes time to you're going to get evicted, but then they quit. Um, They both got pets. And we have them in a no-pet apartment, things like that. And now we're kind of at a point again, my husband and I, where we have to make decisions about what to do for them. And I guess I'm not sure. I know, you know, biblically my role is support my husband. And I tell him whatever decision that he makes, he's out of our household. I respect that. But just as far as approaching loving them biblically, I don't know what that looks like. I know the Bible says, you know, give to those who ask you, turn the other cheek, that kind of thing. But it also says, if you don't work, you don't eat. Well, you know what I'm that, asking? This isn't, I do, and I don't really have an answer for you because this isn't an experience that I have um, with stepkids. But, but I can do that. I can talk to you about the broader scope about your marriage, about you and your husband being in unity on how you deal with your kids. Uh, because when you married each other, uh, in the you know, f- let's back up a step. Um, the reality of the divorce that's in your previous life has brought consequences into your lives, right? And part of the consequences are are these these issues with the stepkids, um, with each other's children from previous marriages, and and so we just need to pray that God would show mercy on some of these issues because they're hard and they're adults and 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 they're causing tension between you and your husband. And so the proper approach to this is exactly what I would tell a, you and your husband if you were never married before. Um, you, your husband, and Jesus Christ are the unit that God created for everyone else. Um, what I mean by that is the Bible says a threefold cord is not easily broken. And so if you were to take a piece of paper and draw a circle on it like a target, and you drew one little circle, inside that circle is Jesus, you and your husband. Nobody else gets in that relationship. I don't get in it. Uh, Some other pastor doesn't get in it. In-laws don't get in it. That is your marriage, and that is the foundational component of every other relationship in your life. Then you could draw another circle around it, and you could say children are in there. Then you could draw another circle, and you could say in-laws. And of course, there's a little, there's a few complications uh, with step relationships, but nothing that the Lord can't bring to order. And so two things that I'm going to recommend to you, and that is you and your husband have to have some hard discussions between you two 
about how you guys are going to choose to relate to the children, no matter who the parents are. Right. Um, no matter what. And, and, and if you guys, uh, is your husband a believer? He is, and he's a wonderful, amazing believer. I mean, okay. he's not are you guys in a church? Or, you know, yeah. I'm sorry? Are you guys in a church family? We actually just started going to Calvary Greeley. Okay, because Jeff and his team are wonderful people up there, and, and the reason I ask is that they can give you some, they can be in the room with you, you know, we call that biblical discipleship or counseling, but right. sitting down with a pastor to help sort this out would be very helpful, um, because okay. you're facing it for the first time, and it would be very helpful, especially since he's a good godly man, that you guys could get some tools uh, to help you. And then a tool that I've been recommending, I probably should... Um, I probably should read it, but a friend of mine recommended it, so I recommend it. Pastor um, Brent Lewis up in Boulder Valley recommended this book to me. It's called The Smart Step Family. Okay. And it's by a, uh, the author, his last name is D-E-A-L, Ron Deal. Okay. And I'm just looking at the books he has. He has The Smart Step Family. He has The Smart Step Family Marriage. He has the smart stepmom, the smart stepdad. He's probably got enough for you guys to read for a long time, but um, it comes highly recommended. Uh, Pastor Brent shared this with me, and I just think as you guys learn some new tools, you will be able to be in unity, number one, and then make the decisions for the stepkids because here's the thing. They're adults. They're taking advantage of you, and you guys got to learn to say, this is it. And I don't know where that is. I don't have that for you, um, but you, you. It sound the way you described it. It sounds like there's a lot of enabling of bad, sinful behavior on your guys's part. Well, I think that the challenge is that there's been, you know, sin and obviously both of our pasts. But I, sure. I feel like he has guilt that yeah, over sure. over his sin in parenting when they were younger, and you so bet. now kind of tries. Uh, go overboard and feels like that's love. So we talk yeah. about like, okay, this is when we say we want to be a unified family, what a family looks like to me and what it looks like to him. This is our conversation. Well, what does that look yep. like? What does that look like to you? What does love look like to you? What does parenting look like to you? And it's so different. And so we approach those so different, even though our goals are both, you know, to be unified and we don't, we don't parent the same way. We didn't parent the same way. I, I don't well, know how, I mean, the way that I just be unified is I say, it's your, you know, it's your decision. I, I'm i not going to fight and sacrifice my marriage over these girls, but now I kind well, of and, feel and like, hmm. You, you've got some good assessments. You know, you guys have huh. really done some deep work because you're hitting on the right topics because it is not his decision. That's not, that's not the language of marriage. What's the language of marriage? Well, it's our. <laughs> it's so That's hard right. to do that because we we are newly married, and so like I, right. I feel like we don't have that. I still like we feel like we still have because he'll say to me, "Well, what if they were your kids?" I'll say, "Well, if they were my kids, they would be living on the street because I wouldn't be giving them money <laughs> if they're not working." <laughs> like, well, and you don't it's, work, it's you really don't eat. Get a job. You're hungry. Really, get a job. You want some and, place and there's to some job. You know, and, and so. You guys have different points of view, and yes, you're not the biological mother of those children, but you have married their father, and so you, you now, their father, has, and this is something that 
that, that he needs to understand. When he said, I do to you, he told his children that you are the most important person on the planet Earth. And without you, there's no relationship to relate to his children. Um, now, I'm not saying he cuts anyone off. That's uh, Don't anybody right, listening right, to me. Like, no, it, it's you. relational. We're just talking relational. And it'll take a time of transition and love. And n- I'm not advocating just cut him off because I don't have my wife. It's not that. It's But working through of, of that, that nuance and, and that gentle change to say, look, I am not going to jeopardize my marriage from an outside party, period. And like my wife and I, um, you know, we have three, three kids. Uh, our oldest, Eddie, who's in heaven, uh, he came before we got married. Uh, we were teenage parents, and it was before we got saved. And, and so we couldn't say this to him. But my son and my daughter, I could say, your mom came before you. And so right. any of the times that they would try. Now, you guys don't have, you don't have the ability to say that language, but the same mentality has to be developed where the language of marriage, because if you say, well, they're your kids, then, then now you are putting something that's a, a, a significant decision outside of your marriage. Uh, and, and, and you have to learn how to bring these decisions to the marriage so that you guys are in agreement. And yeah, there's going to be give and take. And while you might want to cut off, and, he, and, and I'm not saying that, but you might want to be hard, harder, and he might want to be softer because of guilt, the answer really is somewhere in the middle. And, and how right. do we know that? Because you're one in Christ, and both of you are important to making this decision. So let me give you another recommendation just for your marriage. It's, there's a book called, and we use it here extensively at Calvary, Married and How to Stay That Way. Oh, I have that book. I mean, it's such a wonderful tool and so filled with scripture on how to re- to build intimacy, to build oneness, to build closeness, so that when these trials come, you guys are at a greater position not to be taken advantage of the enemy or your flesh when having to make hard decisions one way or the other. Right. Can you tell me the first book again? I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm it's driving. called the... No, it is... It is the author is Deal D E A L and it's called the Smart Step Family. Okay, super. Thank you so much. I'm sorry You're about your son. Me, I left can, my can daughter. I pray for too. You? It sucks. Please do. You did what? At what age? She was six. Oh, I'm so sorry. Yeah, um, it's yeah. I was Thank just you. um, we just and you know you find these things out. Look, we had a guest last night. Uh, at our church, he's a musical artist that's been doing music for a long time, and he was sharing a part of his testimony where uh, he lost his baby after 22 hours, <sighs> and and it's just like, man, my heart just goes out to. I mean, my heart goes out to anybody grieving, uh, widows, and you know, people right. who lost family members. But that, uh, there's a special spark in my heart for people that lost kids. It's just yeah, so me hard. Too. Thank you. Well, let's pray. Father, I do pray for this family, and uh, I know that you have great um, plans in Christ for them, that your hope in strengthening them and helping them as they uh, align themselves with what you have for them. And I'm just so grateful that the response for these kids and and even the, the, the issues with our, um, with, our, with our family and our marriages isn't our, it's not relying upon our power, our strength, or our resources. But rather, as we abide in you, you lead us and guide us. 
You confirm to us. You strengthen us. You help us. And so, God, I pray for my sister, even as um, she has various little things, and every once in a while, uh, this wave of grief comes over her and the loss of her daughter. And so I just pray you'd help her, strengthen her. And I can't wait to hear the testimonies of how these things get worked out. Pray for her husband and the guilt that he feels. Um, It's a very real emotion but that you might just explode into his life, Romans chapter 8, where there's no condemnation to those that are in Christ Jesus, that not only would he know it, but he would believe it, and it would radically change his thinking as he lives by faith in you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you so much. Well, call back in a few weeks and give us an update, good or bad. All right, I will. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. 303-690-3000. We're heading off to Pennsylvania. Josh is calling. Josh, welcome to the program. Hi there. Hey. So my question is, in the Old Testament, when Joshua goes into the Promised Land and they're supposed to give the first cut of everything kind of to God, and then there's this one guy that's rolling with them, he chooses to be greedy, he steals something, he hides it under his tent, he doesn't tell anybody. And then, you know, Joshua's like, oh, dear child, what have you done? And then there has to be a judgment passed after, you know, in the process of how they narrow it down is, you know, that's all really cool, too. But when they pass the judgment, they, I guess, stoned to death him and his wife and his children. And in my mind, I'm thinking like the family dog, too. They're like, bring them all. (laughs) Um, Why... Why was that done? Was that the law, or was that, like, Joshua's knowledge, wisdom, God speaking to him, guidance, some tribunal rule? Well, the judgment first comes because Achan willfully and openly sinned against God. He he knew what not to do, and he did it anyway. And when it there's a couple. There's a there's a couple ways to answer this question, um, because when God chooses to judge, it is His divine prerogative to judge any way He chooses. Does that make sense? Absolutely. He's the author of life, and therefore He can also take life if He so chooses and directs, and He can do that in a manner that is not sinful. You and I are unable to do that. We, Our lives are touched by sin. We were born in sin. Even our best judgments, you and I, are not holy and pure and right. Um, everything that we do has been touched and tainted by sin, and, and we're able to become more holy and more right by the indwelling power of God's Spirit in our lives. What what some would call sanctifying grace, the, the, the work of God in us, changing us toward holiness. Um, it's not by our good works or good deeds that make us better. It's God within us. Um, and so that's the first part. But the, the second part is something more practical, and it's a suggestion. Uh, it's not. It's something that we, would, we can pull from the text, and that is, I don't believe Achan could do what he did without his family knowing. So, like, it probably would have been proper for, and I guess maybe, like, my view of their culture would be that the family was very um, kind of kowtow to whatever 
the male leadership said. That might just be my view of it. I could be very wrong about that. But I guess she should have, like, came forward and been like, oh, my gosh, my husband's crazy. He's hiding stuff from the Lord. He shouldn't be doing that. This needs to get turned in. Yes. Uh, I, don't know that, I don't know that I would put it in the context of male leadership, but I would say this. Uh, the reality of this is, is that he took it and he hid it under his tent. And the possibility of other people knowing it, and we come to that conclusion how they suffered judgment too. Yeah, some thousand, so wasn't it like 2,000 men died? So I was thinking about the families of the men, you know, that... No, you know, I, don't, I, don't think it was, I don't think it was 2,000 men died, no. It was more like 16 or 17, and they died in war. And then for, for the family that died, it was his family. Um, and there's no mention of small children, so we don't know what the age of, of we don't know what the age of his family were. Um, but we have an even in the new covenant, we have an example, and it's more explicit in the book of Acts. But you'll remember in the book of Acts, when Barnabas sold a piece of land and he gave all the proceeds to the apostles, it says he laid it at the apostles' feet. Um, we have another couple come in. Um, the husband's name was Ananias, and the wife's name was Sapphira. And remember, Ananias came in first. He, they, it says that they sold a piece of land, but they kept back part of the proceeds. And, and so when Ananias came in, he's busted, he dies. His wife comes in later with the same knowledge, doesn't tell the truth, and she dies too. Uh, and so nobody dies innocently. Um, nobody dies capriciously. God doesn't bring judgment upon people capric- capriciously. Uh, and at the very... The very simple answer to this is that God, by his divine prerogative, can bring judgment on anyone at any time because man deserves it. Um, but because of the cross, you know, the, the real question in times like this, if you, if you think of it, is why didn't God do that more often? I just always because assumed it was his forgiveness. It is. It's his grace and his mercy. That's exactly the answer. And in so, the Old Covenant, he would recognize the blood that would be brought in by the high priest as a picture and a type of the blood of Jesus Christ that was to come, and that sacrifice would be sufficient to cover their sins year after year until Messiah would come. So when Joshua passed the judgment, like God would have talked to him about it, or he would have been following a rule that was already in place? Well, make sure that you go back and read Joshua chapter 7 again, and you'll see that God is speaking directly to Joshua to bring this about. And check this out. You know, check this out. So one other thing to consider in that story, because there's a lot of practical principles here, but as the families are being separated, nobody speaks up. Oh, Including Achan. I mean, all the way he had, I don't know what would have happened. He may have experienced judgment already because, you know, he's, he's busted. But all the way to the end, nobody speaks until he's the isolated one with his family. Imagine that. Yeah. So maybe if he would have even fessed up earlier, maybe it wouldn't have been so severe. Or maybe the same. Who knows? Yeah, it, could, it probably would have been the same. But maybe his family, I mean, again, we're speculating. So we're, we're speaking in speculation because the Bible doesn't speak specifically. But we can piece together these things and say, wait a minute, God is always righteous in his judgment. Always. And so if we start with the view of God then, then, and his righteousness, then we accept what, what he does as righteous. But then when our eyes kind of 
leave the heavens and they come back down and looking at man, then we begin to make excuses and we begin to say, wait a minute, that's not fair, that's not right. But God is the author of life, therefore he can, he can call life home at any time because we belong to him. Well, that answers it. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. You're welcome. God bless you. All right, you too. Bye. All right, bye-bye. Uh, let's see, it says in verse 24, Joshua together with all Israel took Achan, the son of Zerah, the silver, the robe, the gold bar, his sons, daughters, his cattle, donkeys, his tent, and all that he had to the valley of Achor. Yeah, it was judgment. Judgment came upon his home, and it sent the message that sin is, sin, uh, like the Bible says in the New Testament, the wages of sin is death. And we're grateful for the mercy and the grace of God uh, that we don't immediately experience death um, when sin comes because of the sufficient forgiveness of God through His Son, Jesus Christ. Um, we just, you know, communion is designed... Those of you that take communion regularly at your church, I believe one of the reasons why Jesus instructed us to do this until He comes is that we would never forget the significance of His broken body and His shed blood. Never forget... Never. And we do. We do forget how God, how good God is to us. We do think that we're more holier than others. We do think that by our good works, we notch ourselves up closer to God uh, at times. And we forget that God is the author and finisher of our faith, that it's all God. It's, it's God who saves. It's God who sustains. It's God who helps. Everything, everything that you experience, you have to put before it God, but God, in his faithfulness and his love for us. And, and so I just know um, my heart is out right now to those that have step families and, and, and recognizing that there is a lot of guilt involved. I thought that was a great input that, that maybe today you're a stepmom or a stepdad and, and you carry this weight of guilt um, because of past failures or things didn't work out with um, the kid's mom or dad or, or maybe you did everything backwards. Maybe you you know got someone pregnant before you got married and on and on. Um, I just know that when you come to the cross of Jesus Christ, he forgives you. You're right. There are complications. There are difficulties. And what the Bible calls consequences. Yes. But God is greater than consequences. And it does make things harder. And it does make things more difficult. And, and, it, and you may not have an easier life. Like I was just thinking, um, you know, one of the brothers that on, on our team uh, is a step family. Um, and he has a step family uh, home fellowship. And he was talking about how they have four different schools and four different schedules. And, and it's challenging. It's a challenging, uh, it's challenging but man, does he and his wife love their kids and serve them, and, and he has risen to the challenge. And, and I know that many other step families are listening right now that it is challenging, and I just want to acknowledge that in your life. You're right. It is challenging. It is hard, but don't forget the basics. I don't have the answer to all the difficulties. I really don't. Um, this is an area where um, I'm, I, I don't have experience, uh, and... And I don't have all the answers. I mean, every area, but this in particular. But, but, but I do know the basics of the Bible. And 
marriage comes first. Marriage comes first. That is the backbone of every other relationship. And your and your current and final marriage right now is the new relationship by which you relate to everyone else. Period. You are to leave your mother and father and cling to your husband or your wife. And you have become one. And it's your threefold relationship, husband, wife, and Jesus Christ, by which you relate to everything else. That's the unit as you begin to make decisions. And and just understand, as you drew the, I do this with every couple that goes through marriage problems. We draw this picture. It looks like a target. The target, the bullseye, is to wreck your marriage. That's the bullseye. Because wrecked marriages lead to wrecked kids. And wrecked kids re- lead to wrecked cultures. And so just remember, um, I'm looking at the page right now on Amazon, Ron Deal, D-E-A-L. It's the Smart Step Family. Uh, uh, it's the Smart Step um, Marriage. And, and so uh, as you um, now come together in this new unit, uh, this new family, may the Lord bless you and encourage you and strengthen you uh, as you seek to follow him as you seek to walk in his love and his wisdom and God builds a healthy blended family in your life so God bless you guys thanks for allowing me to be a small part of your life today may the Lord use this time to strengthen you in Jesus name God bless you You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's word.